hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Work Your Grass Off podcast. I'm your host, Erica Strong Rodriguez, and today you have me all to yourself because Andrew is not here. So this is a solo episode, just myself and you guys talking about scheduling and time management. It's actually kind of a good thing that Andrew's not here because his time management skills aren't there yet. You know what I mean? And I get it because, you know, he would just have to go leave for work at 530 and then he would work all day and then come home. So when you're jumping into something where you're managing so many different things at once, yeah, I understand that it could be difficult to adjust to that. Some of the tips that I gave him have really been helping him. And honestly, he might jump on and do a solo episode about some of the things that he has done to improve his time management skills. We might do another one together with some of the tips that have helped him the most. But I also was talking to a friend that is newer in real estate and she was just feeling the stress. And honestly, it is it can be very stressful when you're starting out because you can go from having nothing to having six pending deals. And that's a lot at first. And the first time it happens, keeps you pretty busy because it's not just managing that transaction. A lot of people think it's you go, you show the home, you write an offer, and then you just wait. But there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of putting out fires for the client even knows and you've got, you know, six of those transactions. Some people have 10, 12, 22 of those transactions sometimes. And there's also different aspects of that business because it's not just, you know, working in the business, which is selling the house, it's working on the business. And so that looks like marketing, that looks like bookkeeping, accounting, lead prospecting, lead generating, cold calls. That can look like a lot of different things. There, Every aspect of a business, we as realtors have to do it too if you want to make a career out of it. And fun fact, most realtors don't make it past the five-year mark. I think that's true for small business owners in general, that you don't make it past the five-year mark. It can be very overwhelming to make a career out of it when you are going from something that doesn't require so much time management to something that requires so much time management. So here is here are some tips that I have learned the hard way, honestly, on how I keep my calendar, how I keep my days, and my time organized, how I manage my time, if you will. And I follow my Google Calendar to AT. If it is not in my Google Calendar, it's it's not gonna happen. It's forgotten, it's gone, it's lost in the cloud somewhere. It's in the atmosphere, it's floating around. Little particles of that event are floating around in the ozone layer, but they are not floating around in my brain, gone forever. I follow it to a T, like it's to a fault. And an example of that just happened recently because I had a facial that was supposed to happen at 9.30, but in my calendar, for some reason, I put it in at 9.35. So I scheduled everything else around that being that happening at 9.35. So like my gym, uh, breakfast, admin time, you know, different little things. Thankfully, it was only a five minute difference. It's only a five minute error that I committed It wasn't like I put it in at 10.30 instead of 9.30. So I was rolling in to the appointment right at 9.30. For me, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. And I think that's maybe part of my military background. But I would have really liked to have been there at 9.25 because I know how much you can mess up your day when one of your clients is late. My time management skills are probably the most American thing about me. Okay, so Google Calendar. This is where I keep everything. It's kind of crazy to me how many people don't keep 
some sort of online calendar, whether it be like Outlook or Yahoo. I don't know. I don't know how cool those calendars are or aren't, but you have to have some kind of online calendar. People spend a lot of money, all kinds of money on fancy planners and and cute ones with these inserts and those tabs and the stickers and this and that. I used to do that when I was in high school and I would live off of my planner just the same as I do now. But I find it easier to move things around in a Google calendar, you know, because I don't have to erase things. I don't have to move a sticker if I decided to place a sticker there. It's easy to edit the the day or the week. If that works for you, if writing in your planner works for you, great. Then if it's not broken, don't fix it. But that does not work for me. There's also bullet journals. I tried that as well. And that's just too much. I like, I like simplicity. You know, I, I want it to be effective. I want it to be functional. It doesn't have to be cute for me. The bullet journal is a cute idea. And if you are a creative person that has a nice handwriting and you like to do that, then by all means, again, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I can't draw a straight line to save my life. I honestly, my handwriting is trash. Truthfully, it just is. I don't want to draw a box. I don't want to do any of that, especially because you're probably going to be writing in pen. And then like, what if you have to change something? You you can't just easily change it. So I keep it simple with a Google calendar. I keep in my Google calendar appointments, meetings, showings when I'm showing a house, closings. I keep a Google calendar for all of my transactions. So I can put in inspection times, inspection deadlines, response deadline. I can put in appraisal dates. I can put in any part of the transaction. I'm not going to bore you with it. I color coordinate everything. So anything physical activity is yellow. So that looks like going to the gym, going to yoga, and going to jujitsu. All of this will be in my calendar yellow. Showing homes is purple. There's uh, time blocks for working on the business. Like I was talking about bookkeeping, admin. Those all have one color. Then there's phone calls that has a different color. And working on the podcast has a different color. I like to do color-coordinated events because that way, if I just glance at my calendar, I'm trying to schedule something with somebody and they're standing right in front of me, I can just kind of glance at the day or at the week and see what's going on. I don't have to know which house I'm showing to which client at that time or who the buyer consultation is with, but I just know that it's happening. And that way, say I'm doing a consultation, for example. And I look at my calendar and it's in a certain color. I don't have to click it open to get the details because I know that a consultation is going to take place at my office. So if what I'm trying to schedule with my friend or my colleague needs to take place at the office, then I can say, great, I will already be at the office at 930. So I can meet with you at 10 at the office because I know there's no drive time involved. And I know that typically my buyer consultations are anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes at the longest 30 minutes. So that's why I like to color coordinate things. If I'm looking at the calendar and I see that there's yellow at like 6.30, well, I know that I need to go home. I'm going to have to have a drive home. I'm going to have to shower. Um, I'm going to have to get dressed and I'm going to have to leave the house again. So I know not to schedule anything too close to too close to that uh, time slot ending because it's in yellow. That's why I like to keep things color coordinated. It's easy on the eyes and it they really program into your mind so you don't have to wonder, oh, what is this that I'm doing? You already know what that color means. Okay, so moving on to your daily tasks. I have seen people make the mistake 
of putting their to-do list in their Google Calendar. I actually saw Andrew do this. So say you need to call, and I'm just using like real estate examples because this is all, this is the only thing I can think of. But say I have to call Bob in the morning, first thing in the morning, because I need to make sure that he got his bank statements from the bank because that needs to be turned in today to the to their mortgage lender. I'm not gonna put that in my Google Calendar, right? Because I've already time blocked a time to make phone calls. So in my to-do list, I'm going to put, if it's if it's the most important thing of my day that day, I'm gonna put call Bob. But this is where people mess this up. They put call Bob, but what are you calling Bob about? Okay. You need to make a note about what you need to say to Bob. So I'm gonna put call Bob. Did he get his bank statements from the bank? Question mark. I do this in a notebook, okay? This is how I keep my to-do list. I keep a leather-bound, medium-sized notebook. I don't like the notebooks with the spirals because I think they look clunky and the spirals kind of get in the way when you're writing. I don't like anything colorful, cutesy, like extra. I like a black leather-bound notebook. I actually put a sticker on my notebook for the first time in my life. It's a Work Your Grass Off podcast sticker. Side note, if you would like one of those stickers, drop into our DMs, slide into our DMs, and we will send you some stickers. So I keep this very sleek, minimalist notebook with me everywhere I go, right? I write every single morning my priorities, okay? Calling Bob because we need to get his bank statements turned in today. Then say I need to drop off a key and it needs to be in before noon. So I'm going to put it in there, kind of top of the list. And I just kind of go through my absolutely have to get done today list for work. Then I put like things that would be nice to get done today, like little odd and end, like tying loose end type of task. And then after that, I'm going to put in my personal to do. So like if I have to return something to Kohl's from Amazon, I'm going to put that there, you know, kind of at the bottom. If I have to make sure I um, put new sheets on the guest bed because we have family coming over or something, I'm going to make sure that's in my personal to-do list. I'm not going to put it in my, like at the top because my work comes first (laughs) Monday through Friday. So I'm going to put this at the bottom. Now, if I'm going through my day and I'm, you know, checking off these to-dos, and I don't get through all of them, no problem. Because I'm going in order of priority, like most important to least important. I'm going in order of priority here. So if I didn't get the last two done today, no problem. I'm going to move them over to my next day. So I've been doing this for several years now. And a few years ago, I actually found out that there's something called the Ivy Lee method. The Ivy Lee method is very similar to, I think I'm essentially doing the Ivy Lee method, but to me, it was just my method. I didn't know it had a name. So at the end, this is how the Ivy Lee method works. At the end of each workday, you're going to write down the six most important things that you need to accomplish tomorrow. You need to prioritize those items in order of their true importance. And when you arrive tomorrow, concentrate only on the first task. And then do the same with your with the rest of your list. Concentrate only on the second task. Concentrate only on the third task. Basically, they're saying don't jump from one task to the other because it takes some time for your mind to refocus. I think it takes something like 13 minutes for your mind to refocus on a task when you stopped to go do something else. So there's no like, you know, you're not in a true zone of focus when you're jumping back and forth. 
So I, I guess I'm doing the Ivy Lee method, but something I do a little bit differently is at the beginning of the day, I like to write at the top of my page. I just quickly write three things I'm grateful for that morning. Then I go into my to-dos. I guess if we're getting like really specific, I highlight my task when they're done and I only use one color per day. So like if today I use green, tomorrow I'm going to use pink, the next day I'm going to use blue and the next day I'm going to do purple. I'm a creature of habit. So I highlight the things that are done. And then at the end of the day, I will write, if I feel like it, I'm not crazy. I'm going to write three things I'm grateful for today um, at the end of the day. And I'm also going to write three things that made today awesome. And that's actually a different method. I think that's the gratitude journal method, where it might be the five minute journal method that my family, Andrew and Aiden and I used to do as a family. So I just kind of like combine them. That way I only have one notebook, one going notebook. And then I use front and back of each page. And when that fills up, I move on to another one. And when that fills up, I move on to another notebook. And it's also a black leather bound, medium sized notebook. I think people overcomplicate to-do lists. For one, I think they put them in their calendar. I think that's that's a mistake. You should time block in your calendar and then write the nitty gritty details in a to-do list. I think people make the mistake, and, and this is just my opinion, because if it works for you, it's not a mistake, right? For me, I should say writing on a single sheet of paper per day is ineffective because I'm going to lose that piece of paper, right? And I carry this notebook with me everywhere I go. And then it's flimsy and I can't highlight, you know, I can't like put pressure on the page and highlight. It's going to get wet. It's going to get crumpled up. I don't like that. And it's not there so that I can like review it and then, you know, move on to write the things that didn't get done onto the next page for the next day. And that's the thing is that I just keep it very simple. So at the top of the page, I just write the date, like February, whatever, February 6, 2022. Sometimes I put Monday, whatever. I write it down. I write my great, my things that I'm grateful for. I write down my to-do list, my personal to-do list, done. And then I do the same thing the next day. I don't like the single sheet of paper. Like I just said, I don't like them in my Google calendar. I don't like little post-it notes. Like who can, who can keep track of that many post-it notes? I also, for one, for a short period of time, I was putting them in the notes section of my phone. I liked that for a little while, but I really like, write like, feeling a pen and paper in my hand. I really like that. So that's why I moved to the notebook because before that I had downloaded a app called to do or to doist. I think it was a couple apps I was trying. They were great because you can hit the button like to check it off. There's like a little bullet point you can click and it checks off the task. The problem I found with that is that there was no way, like when you checked off a task, it was erased from your list. So it was like out of sight, out of mind, but how am I going to review what I was able to accomplish today, right? I can't, it's gone. I also like to do it in a notebook because say like I, I did call Bob to find out about his bank statements. What if he didn't get his bank, his bank statements and there was a reason why, you know? So I, I need to make a little note under that to-do list, under that to-do bullet, I should say. He didn't get it because, I don't know, there was no one at the cash at the desk when he went or, you know, whatever. I can't think of a reason why, but something like that. And then if the task is not done, like I made my initial call, but he didn't get it done. So I didn't send it to the lender. I'm going to draw a little arrow to the bottom of the page because I'm going to call him again after so many hours or after I get through the rest of my to-do list and follow back up with Bob about the bank statements. This is a very like generic example, I guess, but you get the point. I hope. Okay. So moving on to wrapping for the week. 
I think I read this somewhere. Maybe it was on Instagram one one day, but a good week begins on a good Sunday or a good week starts on a Sunday is the quote, I think. But I've always kind of kept that mentality in mind. So I don't like to do a damn thing on Sundays that requires me to leave my home, like like for a task, for an errand. I, I do like to go on walks. I do like to go to the gym. I like to do yoga at the gym or you know at my house. But Sunday for me is a huge prep day. That, that's the key to Sundays is prep. So I like to pull up my Google calendar and I just kind of like to examine what's coming up in this week. Do I have appointments? If so, with who? Do I have a listing appointment? Okay. What day is it? Great. I need to make sure that, so if the listing appointment is on Thursday, I'm going to make sure that I have my listing presentation printed out on Monday. I'm going to make sure that I do my foundational market research, you know, by Tuesday and then just kind of check back in on Wednesday. I don't like to be pressed for time. I don't like to procrastinate. And by nature, I think I do procrastinate. That's why I have to be so disciplined about these things. That's why I created these little routines, these little habits, so that I wasn't always just kind of like running around late everywhere I went. I also like to view like, do I have any upcoming lunches? Well, I know that I like to keep my lunches for the week. Like if somebody says, hey, do you want to grab lunch? I only do those on Thursdays and Fridays. I know that might seem too type A of me, but I have found that Thursdays and Fridays, generally speaking, are the chillest days in my job. I still have a lot to do, but there's there's not so many fires. Like I have a better handle of everything. I have a good grip on all of the things going on on Thursdays and Fridays. So, you know, I'll just check Thursdays and Fridays to see if I have any lunches planned because I want to make sure that, that they're fresh in my mind. I keep them top of mind so I don't commit to something else. You know, sometimes you're talking to a friend like, hey, you want to grab lunch? You really planned this this lunch you already have in your calendar two weeks ago, so you forgot about it. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So I just like to keep it top of mind. I like to see if I have any photo shoots coming up, whether it be for a house or like headshots. If it's headshots, I want to make sure that I have my outfits picked out. If it's listing photos for a new listing coming on the market, I want to make sure that the photographer has the address, that they know what shots we want. I want to make sure that the seller is aware that the house is prepped. Is there anything that needs to happen to the house before we take those pictures? If so, let's check back in with the seller and make sure that they got those to-dos out of the way, that kind of stuff. So that's the, the work part of my Sundays things that are associated with my business. I also like to take a lot of stuff at home on Sundays. I like to wash my bed linens. I want to restock my kitchen, you know, the things that I use every day. I want to deep clean my home office. I want to clean out my desktop. I download a lot of documents throughout the week and they're just kind of like taking up space on my computer. I want to, I want them out of here. And I want to make sure all my laundry's put away, maybe have a couple outfits ready to go in case you know, you're running short on t- on time one morning. You don't have to think twice about what you're wearing. You've got two outfits ready to go to pick from, that kind of thing. If I do stuff like make sure my gym bag is ready to go. My yoga blocks are back in there. If I had taken them out, my yoga mat is ready to go. I like to make sure my car is clean. I spend a lot of time in my car. So inevitably, I collect a lot of clutter in there. I collect a lot of confetti poppers, a lot of sold, pending new listing signs in my car, trash, 
random pieces of paper. I like to make sure everything that I need in my car is restocked if it's something that runs out. And lastly, I like to make sure that I have a full tank of gas on Sundays because I don't want to be running around and I'm busy all week and then now I have to stop and get gas or, you know, I'm running low. I don't like that kind of panic. So think of Sundays as your prep day, right? Some people meal prep. I guess you could do that on Sundays. Meal preps don't really work for our family. We used to do that, but I don't know. I feel like after, because I was meal prepping like fish and like, I don't know, it would gross me out to eat fish on the third, fourth day. But if, you know, that's a good day to do your, your meal prepping. So a few final pieces of advice when it comes to time management. The first one is as you're kind of stepping into this and like you're building your schedule and you're building your routines, get a notebook and take notes throughout your day. So say part of your job, you know, you, there's some creative work that you have to do. For me, there's like content creation that I have to do. I would make a note. Do I feel more inspired or moved to do those things? Do I feel more creative in the morning or in the evening? When do I come up with the juiciest ideas? And when do I feel like actually executing those ideas? You know, it might look like I'm scrolling on TikTok for 25 minutes in the morning just to kind of get some ideas. And then I feel like executing the ideas for TikTok in the evening because that's where I'm, I'm more awake, I'm more alert or, you know, vice, vice versa, whatever. That's just an example. So take notes of what you are naturally inclined to do at different times of the day. If you feel like tidying your home in the morning instead of in the evening, you could be like, oh, you know, I felt more inspired to sweep or vacuum or mop in the morning because in the evening when I get home, I'm tired. and I don't want to do anything. Stuff like that. On that note, I think you should definitely invest in time-saving things. For example, I don't vacuum my house. I have a, uh, it's like a Roomba, but it's called a Yeti or Yeti. It's Y-E-E-D-I. And I love it. I don't even have to think about vacuuming. It's programmed to run at a certain time every evening. So we just make sure that everything's off the floor, chairs are put up and it does its job. And in the morning, I just empty out the, the little bin. They make a mop one, but I, I don't like that idea. I like to steam up my floors every Friday night. Something else that you can invest in to save some time is Instacart. I love Instacart. And they do this thing, I think, to kind of keep you hooked. When you complete an order with Instacart, they tell you, you have saved like 189 hours using Instacart. And I love seeing how many hours I have saved on Instacart like by using Instacart. Yeah, you do have to pay a little bit more, but you're obviously paying for, think about it, gas and you're paying for time. You don't, you know, you don't have to be walking around the grocery store for an hour and you're paying for convenience. So for me, it's worth it because during that hour that I saved, that I'm not walking around the grocery store, I probably deep cleaned my fridge waiting for the groceries to come. I cleaned it. I, you know, I did some laundry or I got some admin work done, just other little things. I like to multi-hack. So when I want to do something like, say I've been wanting to read a book, but I just haven't found the time. I've been really busy. I can download the audiobook and I'll play it while I'm cooking, while I'm chopping vegetables or while I'm cleaning. Same with my podcast. Like if there's podcasts that I've been wanting to listen to, just haven't gotten around to it. I play them while I'm cleaning, while I'm cooking while I'm printing labels or making postcards, that kind of stuff. Along with your house chores, I like to do a little bit every day. I think this is huge in saving you time 
and energy because if you do a little bit every day, you know, say you clean out the counters every morning before you and your kids head out the door, you can come home to clean countertops, put everything away, wipe it down real quick. Doesn't take that long. Take the trash out with you. You steam off every Friday night, you know, kind of build little habits. That way you're not overwhelmed and have to spend two, three hours on Saturday morning to clean your entire house. Just kind of clean up as you go. I used to make this, oh, what was it? It was like a house chart and everybody was assigned a chore. So Andrew would have certain chores. Aiden would have certain chores. And it was very intense, honestly. But I remember I posted about it and somebody was like, you just saved my family from so many fights. So you could look at something like that, making like a making a little chore chart and get get your kids involved because it's good for them to learn how to clean anyways. So along with um, kind of like maintaining your house, I think this is something that I learned again the hard way. And I wish I would have learned it sooner. And it's to not be afraid to call in some backup. So I have a go-to girl that I call when I've really fallen behind on my deep cleaning. You know, I call her once a month. And sometimes, honestly, in the spring and the summer, I have to call her like two, three times a month because I'm just so busy and I just don't have time. But I used to feel guilty. But honestly, it's just so unrealistic. Think about it. How can you work 60, 70 hours a week and at the same time, be the best mom that you can be, be the best wife that you can be for some of us, keep your house tidy, go to the gym, never skip a, you know, a gym day, never skip a yoga day, always meal prep, stay on your diet. Like it's unrealistic. It's just truly unrealistic. There's not enough hours in a week. So don't be afraid to call in some help, call some backup. There's no shame in it. Honestly, I don't know, you know, what cleaning fees people are paying, but like, I don't know if it's like 50, $60 a week just to kind of come in and help you maintain the house clean well just maybe don't eat out as much that week or something it's definitely an expense that for me it's worth to put into my into my budget there i'm all about paying for my time and another thing that i like to do is multi hacks so we kind of talked about listening to your audiobooks and your podcast while you're cleaning and cooking but something else that i really like to do is like if i'm going to get a pedicure which honestly i need one right now but it's been winter so no one can see my toes But in the summer, say I want to go get a pedicure because I wear a lot of open-toed high heels. I used to feel guilty about going and just sitting there and then like spending that money. So what I started to do is I found a little hole in the wall nail nail salon. And I go there because, and when I say hole in the wall is because it's just not usually busy. And there are nail salons that are always jam-packed and inevitably you're going to run into somebody that you know, you know, your nail technician is awesome and friendly. And so you're going to chat. But for me, what I've learned to do is go to this hidden little place. I bring in my laptop and I'll get some work done, send, you know, send out some emails or I will listen to an audiobook, or I'll bring in a book or brainstorm some ideas for content. Lots of little things that I can do while I'm getting my pedicure because really you're sitting there for like an hour and a half takes forever. And I used to feel really, really guilty about that. But, you know, I just learned to make time for myself and also kind of take advantage of the time that I'm forced to sit down. And my biggest tip, especially for moms, is to give yourself an hour of me time every morning before there's anything you have to do. So what do I mean? If your kids wake up at 6.30 every morning, and then you're going to have to make them breakfast at 6.30 in the morning or like get them out of bed, get them dressed because they're still really small, wake up at 5.30. 
I know it sounds scary, but fuck it. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. Wake up at five 30. Your body's going to get used to it. And then make yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy the cup of coffee. Look out the window, watch the sunrise, watch the little birds, smell your coffee, feel the warm mug in your hands. Just really enjoy your coffee. Not just like snorting it like a line of Coke because you're in a hurry. You know, you're actually enjoying your coffee. That's part of coffee is, yeah, it gives you caffeine, but like it feels like a warm hug, right? So enjoy your cup of coffee. Do a 15 minute stretch if you feel like it. Read 10, you know, 10 pages of a book or just sit in silence or do like a quick little walk with your pets around the neighborhood, whatever it is that just like gives you that that sense of a slow morning, do that and give yourself an hour before you actually have to do anything. For me, Sunday mornings are so, like they're so savory and they're so sweet and delicious because there's not a thing that I have to do. Like my schedule is empty, right? Like there's no appointments. But because of the person that I am, I wake up insanely early on the weekends. Like there's no alarm clock, but my body just wakes up at five every single weekend. I don't, doesn't matter if we were out kind of late with our friends, I still wake up insanely early. But for me, that feels amazing because I get to like have a slow start to the day. And usually I'll like have coffee or like a small breakfast and like do like a little stretch. And then I go take a nap. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That's like my Sunday little routine. Obviously I'm not going to take a nap on Monday, Tuesday morning, but I'm going to give myself that sensation of like a slow, personal, sweet morning. And that's, I do that by waking up an hour early. I started making a habit of waking up an hour earlier than my child when Aiden was very small, because I used to roll out of bed at the same time that he, you know, woke up. I would have to immediately get him dressed, but I also have to get myself dressed because we need to be at the door at the same time. I have long hair. I need to, I need to do, I might, I didn't get to work out now. So now like I'm grumpy that I didn't, I don't have a morning to myself. I have to let the dogs out, let the dogs back in, feed the cats, give the cat milk. There's so many things to take care of in the morning. And it would just make me really like stressed out, overwhelmed, like I said, should say. And then we would inevitably have a bad morning because kids are little and they don't understand, hey, we have to hurry up. You know, they don't always understand that. Maybe we're fighting over breakfast now. I'm just like irritable. I'm like on edge, you know? So I decided that's not how I want to send my son off to school in the mornings. So I just started giving myself an hour. Actually, my dad is the one who told me this. He called it the golden hour. I don't know if he read it or if he just made that name up, but he called it the golden hour. And it's an hour to yourself. And lastly, my biggest piece of advice, and I think it's, I don't know, my most important piece of advice is to make time for fun. Make time to relax, make time for friends, make time for family, for your kids, for your spouse. All of those things are so important. They are the most important things in our life. You got to have a little bit of fun or a lot of fun, actually. All of these things are so important. What's the point of working our grasses off if we are not making time to date our spouses, to play with our children, to read a book, to enjoy a quiet walk outside without our phone? little things that honestly improve the quality of your life so much that you don't even realize it. So make time for fun, make time to sit and watch Netflix. You don't always have to be doing something. That is something I struggle with a lot. Honestly, I used to feel really guilty about sitting down and watching Netflix, but, and if you're like me and that's still happening, cause that still kind of happens to me sometimes 
what I've done is I just fold laundry while I'm watching Netflix. So I'm not totally, I'm not feeling like I'm totally wasting all this time. So just make time for fun, make time for yourself and enjoy. I hope that was helpful. I hope you picked up some tips. If you have any awesome tips that you think I would enjoy, I'm always so eager to be a student of time. So if you have any other little tips and tricks, please send them my way. I love to see what people do. I love to try to incorporate them into my daily life. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you until next time.